You're listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. I am here with my good friend, Jeremy Creech, from the Metroplex of Barnwell, South Carolina. Jeremy, great to have you on the show today. It's great to be here. Listen, man, now you and I go back a long ways, a long ways. Um, and, uh, and I like to say that, that, that you raised and trained me up into the man I am today. I think it's the other way. <laughs> so here's my question, man. Tell us about Barnwell First Baptist Church, Barnwell County. I mean, where is Barnwell for those who, 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 who might be listening to this podcast, never hearing of the town in South Carolina? So we're an hour away from anywhere. We're, we're an hour away from Columbia or Lexington, an hour away from Orangeburg, an hour away from Aiken. Um, any, we're an hour away from any good restaurant. Uh, incredible. You know, it, it's almost like uh, you're, you're, you're uh, centrally located in the middle of nowhere. You're in that pie of the state, though, with some good people, man. I mean, there's some good people down in Barnwell County, and there's some good hunting land and fishing land. Now, now you don't do that kind of stuff, do you? A little bit. All right, what what do you get into down there? Uh, I love to fish. Um, I used to like to hunt, but uh, not so much anymore. When I'm hunting, my mind's always racing, and I'm thinking about what I could be doing. But now I can get in a boat and fish and not think about anything. I got you. I got you. Biggest fish you've ever caught? Uh, it's probably a striper, 25 pounds. That's what I'm talking about. Is it on the wall? It is on the wall. Nice, nice. All right, so well, if you if you want pointers on how to catch striper, then uh, then then I Jer- know a guy. Jeremy's your guy, and um, but but also if you want pointers on how to catch men, Jeremy also uh, is doing some incredible work, and the Lord's really using him down in First Baptist Church in Barnwell, South Carolina, and um, and so that's what I want to really unpack today uh, as we kind of start the new year in 2022. Um, we have got to get after this next generation. We've gone through a season now where we've seen a steady decline in um, in baptisms among teenagers around our nation, including our state. We've gone through a couple of years of pandemic here that's turning into an endemic, it seems like, with the COVID virus and quarantine and the whole nine yards. This next generation seems to be a little bit disillusioned along the way. Um, but But for some reason... God is up to something down in Barnwell County, and we're seeing some teenagers' lives changed. And so um, before we get going with that, though, I mean, how did you get to where you are today? I mean, you know, you started out out the gate out of out of uh, out of out of college and and school with uh, kind of starting your own business and uh, kind of give us a pathway of, of how you got to where you are. All right. So I'll try to make that pretty short. But I. um I have a degree in horticulture, and I did landscaping on my own business um, for a number of years till 2005. And uh, my wife was a stay-at-home mom, so for insurance purposes, I went to the workforce and um, stayed there until uh, pretty much 2018. You know, different different jobs. Um, you know, I was never uh, satisfied. I just thought that I liked to, um, you know, just just go to a place. Uh, move up as high as I could, as quick as I could, and then when I topped out, I looked for something else. Uh, but really, what was happening as I was running for ministry um, was never satisfied in the secular world. 
Uh, God has a sense of humor. You know, he, he gave me some good jobs with some great incomes, and I'm thankful for those. But I've never been more satisfied than when I surrendered to full-time ministry. And I did that in 2018, and uh, the rest has been history. So in 2018, you uh, became the first full-time youth pastor at a church um, that was on the outskirts of Barnwell County. And, uh, and then you came to First Baptist Barnwell when? So um, actually, uh, me and my wife attended First Baptist Barnwell uh, in 2001 after we got married. And um, I stayed there and was in leadership, was a deacon, um, you know, even helped um, a, with a children's ministry called Flight 456. And then um, all this while I'm still working in the secular world. And um, again, I was able to stay uh, just active enough to scratch that ministry itch where I didn't realize I was running. And um, got called uh, by a random guy that, you know, used to help me landscape. And he said, I have a job for you. And I said, um, I appreciate it, but I'm not really looking for a job. I'm, you know, kind of happy where I'm at. And uh, he said, no, man, it's a, it's a ministry deal. We're looking for a, a youth director. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm okay where I'm at, but I appreciate it. Well, I, um, two days later, I ended up having to call him back because I couldn't sleep, couldn't get it off my mind. And um, he, in, in turn, connected me with their pastor, and they were looking for a summer youth intern. And I said, man, I'm not what, what you're looking for, but I'm just kind of following up. I couldn't get off my mind. I'm 37 years old. I have three kids. If you're looking for somebody to eat, drink, and sleep youth, I'm not your guy. And um, he said, no, I think you exactly what we're looking for. So um, that was at Mount Beulah Baptist Church, and I stayed there as bivocational youth pastor for three years before I surrendered full-time at Barnwell First Baptist. They called me back home. Yeah, First Baptist Church in Barnwell is an incredible place, and honestly, your pastor, good friend, Bart Kelly, uh, since he's gotten there, we've seen some incredible stuff happening with lost people crossing over from death to life. In fact, the baptisms are tipping the scale. I think they're one of some of the largest baptisms in the history of First Baptist Church in Barnwell. Yeah, so Bart is an awesome guy, um, been really great mentor, worked for, uh, really allows me to do the freedom, um, you know, just to do ministry, open-minded, you know, as, as I'll talk about in a little bit, you know, as far as doing baptisms outside of Sunday morning. So um, just just really been a... A great leader. Well, that's incredible. You know, David Richardson, he's pastor there, uh, Mount Beulah, great guy. Uh, and, and he knows a guy that, that, that knows a little bit about striper fishing. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a yeah. little bit. And um, so one of the things I really appreciate about Jeremy is he, he gave me a call one day, and, and, um, and he, was, he was actually leading this children's ministry of fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. And, and um, he said, you know what, I, I'm just going to present the gospel uh, and uh, I'm just going to ask kids if they want to respond. And uh, what do you think about it? And I was like, well, go for it, man. And so he did. He called me back that night. He said, hey, man, I, what am I supposed to do? I've got 11 children that have all said, hey, we want to follow Jesus. And um, and so we talked it out and said, hey, listen, why don't you just go to their houses and sit down with their parents and, um, and you know, share the gospel, make sure they understand it clearly. And, um, and and see what happens. Now, he was in a situation at the church where the church was really running single digits on, on baptisms over the last couple of years. They'd, they'd seen some decline in baptisms over the past couple of years. And just as a volunteer, he did that. He, he worked all day. And then at night, he went to those homes and, um, and shared the gospel. Then he called me up and he said, 
hey, man, what am I supposed to do, man? One of the dads came to know Christ. And, uh, and I said, well, get them baptized too. That small run, just those, last, those couple of months, um, saw 27 children come to know Christ and some of their parents and get baptized, which was more than triple what the whole church had done in, in the previous years. And it was the simplicity of the gospel, some lost people, and then being very intentional about response. And so since you've been at First Baptist Barnwell, um, you've been blessed with having a pandemic to really disrupt things over the last three years. And and, um, and so in a lot of ways, people have seen teenage ministry just kind of like, you know, go off the cliff. But that's not been the case uh, for First Baptist Church in Barnwell with Jeremy. So, Jeremy, tell me what's happened just over the last couple of years um, with uh, First Baptist Barnwell when it comes to kids and salvation and baptisms. So um, in 2018, I actually got a call to submit my resume, so I accepted that position. And uh, I think one of the key things that I can't leave out about Barnwell First Baptist is they have some great volunteers. So uh, even with no youth pastor in me, uh, they had a team of volunteers that was still hosting um, youth events and still trying to have youth service on a regular basis. Um, So when I got there, there was about 15 students and 15 adults, which um, I think is crucial in you know, in the youth ministry. And, um, and we just started, you know, you know just um, beating the bushes, uh, inviting people, telling people, trying to create some excitement. And um, friends inviting friends, um, did different events, you know, fifth quarters, whatever we could think of to um, let people know, hey, we had a youth ministry and we wanted any youth to be a part of that. Um, so in, in 2018, I actually came in the fall. We seen uh, 16 baptisms that year. Um, and th- initially it was really hard to uh, schedule a baptism because, um, you know, traditionally, us Southern Baptists, we like to do everything on Sunday morning. And, um, man, I had eight youth that were ready to be baptized. They, they were consistent on Wednesday night. Their, their parents were not churched. Um, you know, I, I followed up with them, talked with them, and... Um, and just could not nail down a Sunday. You know, there was always an excuse. There was always a reason uh, why they couldn't. Um, but all the youth wanted to. So um, I actually was, you know, just racking my brain. I said, well, I got a um, a trough from Tractor Supply. And uh, we spray painted that thing black. And we put a Barnwell First Baptist sticker on the front of it. Made it look the best that we could. And uh, I said, I'm going to do baptism on Wednesday night. And I called all eight of those students that were ready to be baptized the very first time, very first schedule, very first Wednesday night. And um, every one of them uh, agreed to be baptized on that Wednesday and their parents. And they all attended that service. Parents, students, it was just a, a mix of service. So that's when, um, you know, I feel like that was one of the game changers as far as seeing students baptized. Wow. So the church kind of relocated from Sunday morning to celebrate baptism on Wednesday night. Parents who were unchurched came, watched their kids. Uh, since that time, what do you feel like, um, uh, well, you pr- probably know exactly, the last couple of years, how many students have come to know Christ and been baptized at First Baptist Church in Barnwell? So uh, students, there's been 97 baptisms total. And I, until you know, you asked me to do this podcast, I had not actually totaled those up. And um, 87 salvations. 97 baptisms. Now, just in the last year, um, 
it's something incredible has been happening. Uh, tell us what's happened in the last fall. So since September of 2021 to current January 1, uh, we had 32 baptisms and 31 salvations. Wow. 32 baptisms. Now, just to put that in perspective for you, <clears throat> in the um, in the national average of Southern Baptist churches, you will be in the top 100 churches in this in the whole nation in student baptisms if you hit 35 baptisms in one year. Now, this is churches all 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 people, and um, and First Baptist Barnwell is uh, a typical Baptist church within South Carolina as far as size goes. Um, but it's not typical when it comes to reaching lost teenagers and uh, the lost population. Uh, in fact, uh, just to put it into perspective for you, I think in the in the state of South Carolina, for every 100 in worship, there's like four baptisms, and about half of those are are teenagers. So you're looking at like two for every 100. There's about three or 400 people that are engaged in First Baptist Barnwell, um, and uh, and so a typical church like this would be running eight baptisms. There's 32 teenagers, uh, not including all the adults uh, that are being baptized. So that's incredible. Like that, I, like that's God-sized stuff. So what would you say to a youth pastor who maybe is in an area uh, and is saying, hey, I, I just, you know, it just isn't working here. We, we just aren't seeing baptisms. It's, what would you say to them? Um, I would say, you know, make it a priority to have uh, conversations with with your youth, uh, regardless if they go to your church, if they don't, if they're friends, if you know you see them at ball games or schools, wherever you're you're plugged in at, uh, just have intentional conversations. You know, I had a great mentor one time that told me, "Hey, uh, these youth do not need more friends; they need leaders, and uh, they have enough people asking them how they're doing in school, uh, who their boyfriend and girlfriend are." you know, how their grades are going. They have people to ask them all that. Very few people are asking them how their spiritual life is going. You know, if, um, you know, where are they at? Are they doing their devotion? Are they praying? What are some uh, needs that you can pray for them about? And, um, you know, so for a guy that, you know, maybe there there is a season of, of dry time, I would say just start having some intentional conversations with the youth at hand. And so, like, you start with these conversations, and then students, obviously, are the best ones to reach students because they're engaged in, in relationship. And many of these students have caught a vision uh, to invite their lost friends uh, to this gathering at the church that, where they feel loved, where, where people are waiting on them, and, uh, and where the gospel is clearly preached. So uh, because of that, you're seeing some really cool stuff happening on Wednesday nights with these gatherings. So what does that look like from a— you know, from a teenager's perspective, from the student pastor's perspective? So I think, um, you know, just this past year, this past fall, uh, those 32 baptisms, um, I think a, a big part of that has been student leadership. So I basically take, uh, we have 22 uh, students that have uh, filled out an application to be part of student leadership. And I try to empower them and uh, set goals for them. Hey, and our goal for this school year is to see 50 salvations and 50 baptisms um, and empower them. And, and once they see their friends, the ones that they're close with, ones that they're spending time with, you know, Christ is their Lord and Savior, be baptized. And they had a part in that, um, you know, and I have even started uh, just this past year. If a, 
a student has been influential in in making that happen, you know, seeing that that person, inviting them to church, maybe picking them up, bringing them, uh, talking with them, uh, you know, scheduling for me to talk with them together. Uh, I let them be a part of the baptism. You know, they they are up front holding holding hands with me as we baptize their friend. Wow. All right, so talk a little bit about the response time. They're, they bring their friend. They've talked to their friend about spiritual stuff. They bring them to church. They hear the gospel clearly with you. Um, yes. But a lot of times, like, I, I feel like we kind of fall short on inviting them to response. In the old days, we called it the invitation. Right. right. There's kind of been a pushback a little bit uh, to uh, pastors or student pastors doing an actual invitation. Um, but the reality is, uh, when we look in the New Testament, there was a constant inviting to follow Jesus. And so uh, I think we sometimes aren't very clear as to what the next step is. So talk with us a little bit about what, what the clarity point is in response. Like, tell me, tell me about that. So on the response time, always present the gospel. Um, very, very seldom do I ever have a, a youth gathering and not present the gospel. Um, the only exceptions are like my youth leadership team where I know we've had a meeting and I know because I've sat down and talked with each one of them that they're saved. Um, but anytime we have a youth gather, gathering, present the gospel. The other thing is uh, most of the youth are not church or they haven't grown up in church like I did. Like when we say response or invitation, they don't know what that means. So you actually have to sit down and walk through. Like there's times that I actually sit in the chair, the same chair beside a youth, and I actually walk through what that response looks like. Hey, you know, my, my heart's beating fast. I feel like God's speaking to me. What do I need to do? You get up out of the chair. You, you walk them through the process of salvation. Hey, I come down front. I pray. I talk here. I fill out a card. Whatever your method is, you have to walk them through step by step. Because if you just open invitation, 90% of the kids, unless they've grown up in church their whole life, don't know what that means or how to respond. Wow. And, uh, and then in the process of doing that, um, you, you follow up with the student. So if the student fills out a card, the student makes a response and actually comes and talks to a leader, uh, talk to me through the, the follow-up. Yeah, so the, the follow-up process. So Wednesday nights are crazy for me. So that's our youth service. That's our youth gathering time. And, um, you know, I, I do have uh, adults that I have equipped. I'm working on students equipping them uh, to be able to present the gospel. But there's times that we have response. And um, I always get their information. So they always fill out a card. I get their uh, number, name, you know, er all the information that I can get. And um Immediately that next week, I'm trying to nail down a time. Um, sometime night, you know, I always um, get the parents' number, so the parents are included in that. And I try to uh, get the parents to sit down with us in that conversation. And um, and you see a lot of you know a lot of things happen there. For one, they know that we love their kid. Uh, for two, sometimes they're lost. And um, you know, so it's really good to have the parent uh, in on that. And um, you know, just just kind of follow up with them one-on-one -on -one, and it takes time and dedication and you get frustrated and discouraged. But, you know, even if it's, you know, weeks have passed, I still continue to send them messages. Hey, when can we follow up? When can we meet? You know, same thing with the parent. Wow. You know, uh, is it, is it common for you to go to their home? Um, sit down with them? 
yes, I, I will. I'll go to the, I'll do whatever is convenient for them. I have, um, you know, I've gone and sat under picnic shelters. I've met at common places. I've gone to homes. They come to the church. Uh, I've gone to school um, with with permission from the school and the parents. Uh, however, I can nail them down. I, I try to do whatever I can to have a one on one conversation with them. Yeah. And that just takes work, man. I it mean, does. it just takes work. Now, one of the things you guys need to understand, I mean, Jeremy's a hard worker. He's been a hard worker when he was an entrepreneur, uh, doing his own business and landscaping. He's a hard worker uh, when he was actually in the secular world. Um, he would, it was, it was not uncommon for him to call me at, at 6 a.m., wake me up, and let me know that he was headed to work uh, when he was a volunteer in a student ministry. But then he would get off of work, working 10 hours a day, and then come to the church and do a Wednesday night deal. And now that he's gone into full-time ministry, um, you know, he, he puts the work in. And I, I think that for, for a lot of times I feel like that, that student pastors and, and, and pastors, uh, a lot of times when they're putting the work in, they put as much, if they would put as much work into the intentionality of following up, the intentionality of making the connection to share the gospel as as we do with preparation for sermon prep or or preparation for meetings and programs, um, I, I really think that we would see the kind of harvest that we're looking for uh, along the way. Um, anything you want to touch on with that? Yeah, I mean, even um, the follow-up is crucial. So, um, I mean, just as I was coming up with the numbers, I told you as I was going to prepare, I'd try to, you know, pull my numbers and see what— what um what it looked like but i still have the students that i have not been able to follow up with highlighted in red and they're still on my list and i don't aggravate them every day but if i get a chance i run into them at walmart or run to them at a ball game or or you know our past just cross somewhere I, I try to throw that in hey i'm still available to talk to you whenever you're ready you know and um you know you you do have to put in the work it's um easy to get complacent uh get lazy uh, you know, it's, you just have to put the work in and, and keep going. So you got these 32 new believers, right? And and we're called to make disciples. Uh, we're not just called to make converts. And I appreciate your heart in the fact that you, you want to follow up with these teenagers and see them walk um, like Jesus would walk through the rest of their life. So what's your plan? Like, what's your plan for these, like the newest 32 uh, believers from this past fall? So this is what I tell every student that gets baptized. This is the starting line, not the finish line. And um, so I am, in fact, this Sunday, January 9th, we will actually start a new equipping new believers. So those 32 have been invited. I've done everything possible to get them there, offered transportation, um, you know, got parents' permission. They've all got invites. And uh, we'll walk them through uh, during the Sunday school hour. Uh, we'll walk them through eight weeks of uh, just kind of understanding what it means to be a believer and set that foundation. And my plan is to transition them right into Sunday school because after eight weeks, they will be in a habit of coming on Sunday mornings and uh, just plug them right into our um, youth Sunday school. I firmly believe that if we're going to see a movement among um, lostness in South Carolina being engaged, invaded, and, and broken down. I firmly believe that um, the most strategic groups are are the next generation and new believers. And when you've got both of those together, you see the next generation are just crazy enough to um, to take that step of faith 
that the new believers are, um, they don't know any better yet that they're not supposed to tell other people about Jesus. And so you, you combine those two, let them know early on out the gate that, that they are in this game of making disciples and who knows what might happen. Yeah, I tell you. So if you're a student pastor out there, if you're a, a pastor and, and you're listening and you may want to even push this to your student worker, um, you know, I, I would just encourage you that 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 the Lord is still uh, saving teenagers lives with the gospel. He is still um, helping them <laughs> or, or allowing them uh, to cross over from death to life. And um, and it can happen. It can happen in your church. It's happening right now. It's happening in a rural town, county seat town, an hour away from any interstate uh, in South Carolina right now. A church that's that's tipping the scales close to 100 um, in the top 100 in the national uh, average of baptisms. And um, and so it can happen. It can happen. I, I think that um, the the simplicity is you've got to get the gospel around lost teenagers You've got to actually be clear in what they need to do for their response and their next step in repentance. And uh, and then you make it very clear as to how they move forward with the waters of baptism. And um, and and then it's just something incredible that happens. You put the gospel around lost people, they get saved. I mean, it's just incredible. That's right. So uh, any final words you'd like to give, Jeremy, uh, uh, for those who might be listening in? Um, yeah, if. You know, you. The main thing I think, uh, a couple of things that I think were really, um, you know, really turning points were um, training the youth what a response time looks like. Most of them did not grow up in church or uh, are not involved in church, um, so they they need to understand what a response is, and um, you you know, and you just have to do that. I did that with a prayer card. They come up, they write down their prayer request, they prayed for it and I walked them through that hey you write down your prayer request you kneel at this altar you pray for it and then lay it at the cross and it started out real simple like that so they understood what a, a response time was and then uh, just like we just mentioned just putting in the work follow up and consistently I mean you have to have other conversations than just spiritual but always always talk with them about spiritual things uh, your devotion Jesus have you invited your friends? You know, everything that's leading Jesus conversations. That's great, man. Jeremy, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Uh, you're a great friend, and I'm honored to be um, uh, with you th today. And uh, if you're out there and you've been listening and you want to connect with him, uh, you'll be able to find the contact information. But it's First Baptist Church down in Barnwell, South Carolina. And, um, and look forward to seeing how God might be able to use you as we try to see every teenager in the state of South Carolina uh, saturated with the hope of the gospel. And so, until every life is saturated and transformed by the hope of the gospel, accelerate the advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist Churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.